0: This is on the tee golf New Zealand podcast, hosted by Tom Hyde and Brendan Telfer. Proudly presented by Podcasts New Zealand and Gorilla Voice Media. Well, hello again and welcome to On The Tee, the fortnightly golfing podcast that deals with all aspects of uh, Kiwi golf. And today, another in our series where we talk to notable New Zealanders who have by and large become hooked on golf for one reason or another. Our guest today is Sean Fitzpatrick, uh, part of this fairly large stable of All Blacks from the late 1980s around the Rugby World Cup in 1987, who have become, by the look of it, many of them, absolute golf fanatics, Joe Stanley, Grant Fox, and Jones. Steve McDowell, Ollo Brown, Bernie McAhu, Zinzan Brook, and of course, Sean Fitzpatrick himself, uh, all dedicated, by the sound of it, even all these years later, to golf. I'm Brendan Telfer, along with my co-host, Tom Hyde. So Tom, um, how does that old saying go, that if you lived through the 1960s but can't remember it, it was probably because you were doped for most of that decade? I'm starting to think that might apply now to the 1980s. It seems such a long time ago, and I'm yeah. trying to remember members of that World Cup team and uh, the golfers for from that side. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and I
1: remember it as being kind of the halcyon days of Auckland rugby as well, which I covered for Metro Magazine, and that's where I first met Sean and, and others, and, it, and, you know, the Ranfurly Shield run that they mm-hmm. had, and it was just a, just a great, great time for me because it just turned me on to rugby, and I'm, I'm still turned on today.
0: But it is interesting, isn't it, how so many golf uh, go, uh, rugby players, I mean, sure, there's a lot of cricketers play golf as well, and you can kind of see the connection between uh, swinging a golf club and swinging a cricket, bat but it's interesting that uh, golf and rugby go together. And on that note, we'll introduce uh, yeah. Sean. Uh, Sean, thank you very much for joining us today. What do you make of that connection? Is, is there something special about golf that works for rugby players after you've been involved in a big international <laughs> test match in front of 50,000 people?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Good well, morning, uh, Brendan and Tom. Uh, good to hear your voices again after all these years. Uh, I don't know really. I sort of, you know, we we all played a bit, and it was always that competitive edge, I suppose, and we'd we'd take that from the rugby field onto onto the golf course. Um, as you and I were just talking off air, I'm sure Mizuno had some influence in terms of that breed of that 8017 that came through. Um, but ironically, uh, Brendan, there, there's two players that are now quite good golfers, and Ollie Brown and Steve McDowell who absolutely detested golf during their playing days. <laughs> yeah. And we'd go out every afternoon to play golf at all these wonderful golf courses we access it to in, in other parts of the world and here in New Zealand. And and Ollo and Steve would both be sitting there going, what are you idiots doing? <laughs> uh, and, now, and now they're yeah, as competitive as yeah. anyone on the golf course, which is great. But I suppose it's that competitive edge, I suppose. It's you know, it's the only sport I play, play now. Um, and and I love the competition. I and and I suppose the nice thing is when I retired, I was think I was on a, an 11 handicap, and I said to Bronny, my wife, I said, Darling, I am going to put as much time into practicing golf as
1: I did into rugby. European tour, S. here we come, mate. Right? <laughs> yeah, here we come.
2: <laughs> and uh, after about I got down to nine. And then I just thought, this is ridiculous because I, I, I didn't like practicing by myself to start with. That wasn't, that wasn't good fun. And then only having nine shots, you know, and you lose those in the front nine, <laughs> you're, you're battling all the way. So I now enjoy it. Uh, I'm on a, a 12.5 handicap, 12.4. Um, I have good fun. And if I shoot 90, I don't care. Well, um, you know,
1: you, you mentioned, is- uh, Sean, you mentioned Mizuno. And there yes. was a there was a connection between Mizuno and the All Blacks through Hobbs. What was his first? J- Jock Hobbs. Jock Hobbs, mm. right? Because I remember that he, he
0: owned the he owned the franchise. He owned
1: it the be- franchise. Now yep. was that is that where you came to Mizuno through Jock?
2: I I would have imagined so. Um, but, you know, they came into the World Cup in 87, I think that mm. was, they started sponsoring us. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right, so right. they, and they were sort of, no one had really heard much about Mizuno and they were making these handmade boots, the most beautiful boots I'd oh, i have ever worn. I see. Um, it might have been 88, 89 actually, because I'm thinking Adidas were there in 80, 87. Um, and then we were on tour, I think in 89, we were touring uh, Europe, uh, Ireland and Wales and and uh, we had a golf day with the sponsors and other people, and they gave us each a, a set of golf clubs. Wow, so cool. <laughs> we were hooked. Um,
0: That's probably what – did, did, did that was that what turned Otto Brown and Steve McDowell <laughs> on, onto golf, uh, the funny, freebie?
2: Funnily enough, yeah, funnily, funnily enough, you mentioned it, uh, Brendan. They, I still remember them taking the golf clubs um, but still not playing.
1: So, well, if we could just be, be technical here for a minute, Nate. I mean Mizuno, Make the finest forged golf clubs in mm. the world, but mm. they're really difficult to hit if you haven't played golf before. And I'm wondering, Sean, did you get forged clubs, or are they special cavity back that for mid to high handicappers? Do you remember?
2: I would imagine in those days they would have been cavity back, yeah. high handicapper right. Sort, right. Of, sort of clubs, but. Uh, you know, just, it was just a, so, something we we all enjoyed enjoyed doing. It was a nice way to – and you you mentioned, uh, Brendan, off air about Brian Lahore saying, you know, we need to get into a bit of golf because we've got so much time in between games at the World Cup in 87, and it's a good way to mm. connect. Yeah, yeah. You're know, you on the course of four or five hours wandering around, you know, mix it up, play with people you don't necessarily spend a lot of time with, uh, and you're almost forced into – getting into discussions which just builds that team, team spirit and, and
0: unity and the other thing I suppose we take for granted with golf and I mean my wife at the age of 64 has just taken up golf and I have great difficulty playing with her and I, I say that publicly until she, she can get a handicap down a bit <laughs> but it is a remarkable thing about golf isn't it how anyone can play with anyone Tiger Woods, right. Tiger Woods if he could walk or when he does walk again he could play with my wife and they could have a competitive game with golf couldn't yeah they? I mean with the stableford yeah. involved yeah. sure oh. sure um, so and- so
2: my, yeah, well, my wife took it up when she thought that when I retired, we'd go and play tennis together. And what she didn't bank on was me having a, a bad knee that I couldn't run around. Mm. Uh, so mm. she so she took up golf, and it's been been phenomenal. We both both love playing together and traveling around and and doing all those things which which you can do until until you into your twilight years, I might say.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned traveling around. and I'm curious now, are you living in or around London? Is that right? I am. So I'm curious, if you're tra- prior to the the virus and the lockdown, did you sort of get around and maybe follow the European tour or events in the UK at all? Did that interest you? We,
2: we always go to the PGA event at, at Wentworth. Uh, that's always a is a great event they have a, have a very good field there but mm-hmm. I we don't really travel around Europe much and, and ironically I think there's only one event plus the British Masters uh, on the European Tour they're the only two events that are played in England
1: mm-hmm.
2: ironically um, so I've been to, the, been to the British Masters but um, that, that's about it, about it. Really, but I, I love watching it, and and being in that. That's probably one of the things I sort of noticed. Uh, being in that time zone and watching watching golf live on TV rather than in the middle of the night um, yeah. right. made it a. A lot more enjoyable, I suppose. Sure.
0: Although we're lucky here too, Sean. Okay, sure, watching things like the Open Championship and those uh, European events uh, is a bit yeah. of a, a kind of a long haul through the night. But, I mean, you know, uh, golf from the United States, it's live from oh, six in the months, morning to yeah. lunchtime, four mm-hmm. days a week. You know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it's fantastic. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine you, would, you would get a few invites to play in pro-ams, wouldn't you, in, in the U.K.?
2: Yeah, i do i just i i used to well I used to do a lot of those, but just just of late I haven't been sort of playing in many of those because i you know I play at uh, the Berkshire, which is just the most beautiful two courses the the red and the, the blue course there uh, so I play a lot there, and then I play with just with with mates, you know, at their courses. Or Michael Liner, one of my older adversaries from from yeah. uh, Australia, uh, he's a member at Sunningdale, so so we play at Sunningdale a lot. Um, and then occasionally we, we pop up to Scotland and and play at some the most beautiful courses up there. Um, so have
0: you played have you no. played with a few you know hollywood a listers over the years in, in your proams <laughs> um
2: i've played i've played ironically i have played at um the dunhall links on about seven occasions
0: mm-hmm that's a well. That's a big. Uh, that's a big pro am event, isn't it? Probably the biggest in the that UK. Is, yeah.
2: I that is probably the most nerve wracking event I've ever played in. Mm. I you know firstly trying to put the on the <laughs> on the the ball the ball on the tee on the uh, first. Uh, end. Yeah. Yeah, that's and a, yeah, a i tough had one, the yeah. old course when mm. they were around. saying Turn the two from New Zealand, Mister Sean Fitzpatrick. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, <laughs> yeah, Please,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: And, then, and then you get it on the tee, and uh, you know, I'm sure you've been up there, Brendan, but it's. Yeah. It's pretty hard to, to hit it out of bounds on the first. Um, mm. yeah. but <laughs>
0: Unless you're Ian not, Baker Finch, it's, <laughs> it's,
2: it's not impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I played with some some some. Uh, you know, I must say, in that fraternity, um, the professional golf was, uh, you know, playing in a pro tournament like that. Although it's a pro am, um, they were phenomenal. I just take my hats off to them how they can be so relaxed and, and patient. Then they just yeah. And then, and, and, and patient also and helping. But then, for that sort of 20, 30, 40 seconds, um, they just click in and play the shot and then we move on.
1: Yeah, you know, not to name drop so much, but I guess that's what we're doing. Are there other former All Blacks or teammates of yours there in the UK that you can play with?
2: Uh, Zinzan Brook is is still as competitive as ever. He's mm-hmm. on about a, a six or seven handicap. That's he plays, good to a, hear. plays a lot of golf, mm. um, but he's about the only other All Black that I sort of mm. play with up there. When you know, obviously when the All Blacks used to tour up there in the autumn, um, we'd always get a game with you know some of them up there, which was always a bit of fun. The World Cup in twenty eleven up there, we had a big had a big event at the Berkshire, like a, a World Cup of golf where we. You know, we got you know, a lot of past players came and played. We had sort of 30, 40 players there, mm. um, which is a bit of fun. So, South Africa, New Zealand, England, Scotland. It was, uh, you know, Gavin Hastings of the world, Francois
1: Pinard, mm-hmm.
2: um, and then, you know, Mertens and Marshall and all those reprobates um, that, that love their golf. Um,
1: we had a lot of fun. You've been back uh, now for how long, Sean?
2: We came back early in November. Oh, um, for a while then, yeah. All
1: right.
2: Yeah, so we got back. We were only meant to be down here for sort of two months. But ironically, in terms of golf, um, with the Masters being on this week, um, November, when we are there, I think I watched every shot of the Masters, because uh, we were in quarantine that week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I watched every shot, and you know, you Dustin Johnson won that. Yeah, well, I assume uh, that
1: since you have been back since November, you had plenty of time to play in New Zealand.
2: I had, yes, I had. we so we're we're on the Wanganui, um, up here in just outside Auckland. Uh, mm-hmm. So Bronnie and I are both members at Gulf Harbour. Okay. Which which uh, had a, the Charles event there last week, mm. Um, mm. which uh, Ryan Fox won, um, yep. shot sixty two on the last day, which is a course record. Were, were you Absolutely. out there? No, we were away actually, so I didn't okay. didn't get a chance to see him. So I'm seeing his father today, so I'll get a blow by blow. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as as you Brendan said, him, we might even yeah. raise a smile from.
0: Fox. <laughs> no, I, I think I think Grant will be We probably chastising him for not shooting 59. You know, <laughs> with a couple of putts that he missed, which he shouldn't have missed. And you know, yeah. But um, well, it, yeah. Uh, Well, it was. It was, it was um, so, a, speaking of 62, it was a remarkable day, wasn't it, for New Zealand golf uh, when Ryan Fox. 62 at Gulf yeah. Harbour and Lydia Co shoots 62 in the Women's ANA Inspirational yeah. which is yeah. the first major and all, championship And again. then
2: also also Grant White was the coach of the girl that won it. Yes oh, that's oh, right. Yes,
0: really? yes yes yeah, yeah. yes. Yes um, so remarkable. Yeah in fact I I, I sadly I mean I uh, it's just the way it goes I suppose but uh, I tuned into Sky television on um, Monday morning to watch um, Lydia I think well she's I think she was 6 or 7 shots behind but I, you should be well, and uh, I had to sit through the highlights of the third round, and I was following it on my phone, um, and then I went out and came back, and while I was out somewhere, I thought, ah, oh, I bet Sky have got the open, the, the women's tournament on another channel, mm. and so mm-hmm. I did find it, but um, I disappointed that there was no advertising on the screen wow. uh, on their golf channel, their dedicated golf channel, that if you want to watch the ANA Inspirational, you can turn to whatever channel 50. Channel 50 Fifty-five or fifty-seven or something. So I, I missed every shot of her round of sixty-two, mm. which was very sad. I saw that. I've seen the highlights of it, and it was an extraordinary round yeah. of golf she played. You know? um, I,
1: watched,
0: I watched that on YouTube the other day. It was phenomenal. Her putting was just out of this world. Mm. Um, I think yeah. she had nine putts through the first thirteen holes. Yeah,
1: you know it's interesting on that. No, let's say, Sean, what's what's the strength of your game? Is it putting, or is it? You know, you mentioned how nervous you are off the tee. <laughs>
2: i shot I shot ninety yesterday, so I, I, at the moment there 's not a lot of strength yeah. um, i was down at I was down at Wairaki on on east during Easter for three days with my wife and our, our one of our children um and this, this is I, I use Ping golf clubs and in the UK I, I've got Ping steel shafts and uh, I've got the four tens.
0: Ah yes, oh. what I exactly what I've got the four ten. They're yeah. very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, which has
2: been fantastic. Looking forward to getting the four two fives, hopefully.
0: Yeah,
2: um, but I I didn't take my clubs from here. I didn't take them down to Wairaki and I just used a higher set down there. And I and you may be able to help me here, but I've never used graphite shafts. And they were just a regular graphi- graphite shaft, ping for tens, and they were phenomenal. Mm.
0: Yeah. And yeah,
2: being a being a big burly bloody rugby player, I thought that I needed stiff shafts.
0: Right, but mm.
2: I I don't think I do. Uh, no,
0: well I've made so much uh, progress with uh, matching graphite shafts with the traditional aluminium shaft. There's always was this argument I can remember back in the say the eighties and nineties when graphite shafts came into being that that you didn't. Have Have the control with a graphite shaft that aluminium afforded you. Therefore, steel, uh, steel, yeah, and so it was harder to hit the steel shafts. But um, and over the years, so different ones have told me. John Evans, actually, who's probably still as a golf manufacturer here in New Zealand, said that the progress with the development and refinement of graphite shafts is such now that uh, they, they have the properties of a steel shaft and they are, but they're so much lighter, the the shafts are so much lighter that as you get older they become more, in fact you and I Tom, I think we've discussed this before, yeah. we probably wouldn't be playing golf anymore if it wasn't for graphite shafts. Well you know I always like to carry my golf clubs uh, you know in the good old days
1: yeah. and uh, before I had a knee problem and graphite Graphite shafts are just much more practical because steel shafts, all t- collectively, all clubs in the bag, were too bloody heavy. <laughs> so, but in terms of swing speed, yeah. as we get older, our swing speed slows down. And graphite shafts, I use a regular flex mm-hmm. and a stock shaft off my Callaways, and you know, and that works for me. It works fine for me. Regular flex, I should probably be going to a light flex. So, I don't know. The shaft technology as you said has become so sophisticated yeah. that it's really worth a pro looking. At your swing and seeing
0: what what best suits your swing. Mm. Do you are you a fan yet? Sure, maybe you're not quite old enough for, for hybrid clubs.
2: Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got. Uh... I only carry uh, carry my wedges uh 9 8 7 6 and then I yeah. go to a 26 degree hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I then have a 22 degree hybrid and I've got a 19 degree
0: hybrid. <laughs> I tell you the one there I like. Go. I tell you the Great one pleasure. I like and and you will be able to access this. Ping gave me a 30 degree hybrid um, a couple of years ago and it's designed for basically for the white markers what I see whenever I come to the white marquee, 135 metres from the centre of the green or from the front edge of the green or somewhere. Uh, this club, that's about its limit, 135 metres. But it's unerringly accurate because it's got so much loft on it. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I, I remember playing with Peter Williams a few weeks ago and uh, just the two of us playing at, at Akarana. And we came to um, a, a hole and he said to me rather sheepishly, he said, I'm going to use my hybrid here. I know it's only 140 metres, but he said no one else is around. I'll just use this and he was almost and I kind of <laughs> identified with him to some degree he was slightly embarrassed that he should have to use right. a club that old women probably <laughs> <laughs> like to use on a nine hole t- <laughs> club event but um, I, they, I love them yes yeah, so do I, st- I
2: standing over it I just I feel a lot more confident, confident hitting a you know a 22 my 22 I, I work in yards dare I say it yeah mm-hmm. um, my 22 goes about 220 yards uh, which I'd probably be hitting a four iron or a three iron, I suppose, three iron, which I I would have no confidence standing over hitting a three yeah. iron into a, into a green two hundred and twenty yards away.
0: Well, I think I have more woods in my bag now than irons. I have a driver, I have a three wood, then I go um, into the into the um, hybrids, the degrees. I have a uh, an eighteen, uh, a twenty two. A twenty-seven and a thirty, <laughs> and a thirty. And, um, <laughs> really brilliant. And, and they keep. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was just saying to Tom before we came on here. I've had a nice run in the last three or four weeks. I've had eighty ones and eighty threes and eighty fours, and um, uh, it's at the end of summer and the, and the fairways are starting to get a bit softer. Um, and oh, and for, hello, so, Brendan. Sorry. What? What do you play? Um, I'm at the moment. My handicap is fourteen. And, um, and and, and here's, a, here's a bit of history for you. I said to one of my playing mates the other day, uh, I said to him, Kevin, I said, what was your handicap when you first took up golf here at Akarana? He said, I don't know. I said, I'm going to have a look at mine. So I did. I went in. Anyhow, you can go back and back and back. And my first round of golf at Akarana was in 2001 when I was 49 years of age. And my first handicap after I submitted six cards was 13. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in uh, uh, in 20 years of aging, I've only I've only gone out one shot. Um, so um, and I'll put that absolutely down to technology. No question yeah. about well, it.
1: Well, Sean, over the years, looking back, have you uh, – two related questions. Have you had lessons? And if so, from anyone particularly might know. And have you been fitted for golf clubs? Because I'm thinking about the importance of, like, Brennan, your handicap, getting it down. Any player listening to us getting their handicap down, I recommend – lessons and being fit for clubs. And Sean, I'm just wondering what your view on that is.
2: I've had, um, I have had lessons initially um, out of the golf, it uh, was the golf house in uh, Newmarket, the guys there. Uh, and I'm just trying to think, because my first club I joined was the Grange. And I'm just trying to think of the gentleman, you'd know him too,
0: Brendan. Yeah. Uh, lovely, lovely coach. Yeah, um, um, no, no, my... my- can I
2: ask my wife. Yes, yeah. well, for just one second, Brent, What was his name, honey? Dennis ah, Dennis Sullivan.
0: Dennis Sullivan. Thanks, yes, God. yes, that's right. He he, he
2: coached, coached Bates, my wife and I. Uh, then uh, and then we joined Rera, and we had Chucky Fowler. My yep. wife had, had mm. lessons from Chucky Fowler on the sh- short game. Mm. Um, and up here, just sort of over the holidays, up here, we uh, use a. I use Cam Jones. Uh, Cameron Jones out of Gulf mm-hmm. Harbor, who's, who's wonderful. he's wonderful, a young guy. Well, you, you, um, but I would you, definitely. And then <laughs> your other question in terms of uh, having your clubs totally one hundred percent get your clubs fitted. Yeah. Um, yeah as on. I said, I use Ping, so I go up to the north of England. Right. Uh, they fit, fit my irons up there, and you know, sometimes they'll. You know, I remember when, when I got them fitted initially. They made the clubs half an inch longer than what what I'd been using, and but, that um, made a
1: difference. Made a difference totally. Because yeah. Ping, you know, Brendan Ping have that. They're one of the original yeah. brands with fitting, and they've got the color code. Mm.
0: Uh, I'm a little bit out of touch. I assume they still have the color Yeah, they do. Code. They yeah, still yeah. use the color yeah. coding. Either. Every golfer, uh, once they analyze your swing, your swing speed, and so forth, they assign you a color, and yeah. so, so subsequently, uh, you always use uh, those clubs. But mm-hmm. um, uh, it's interesting with uh, you you're talking about uh, uh, your wife, uh, Sean, um, uh, we have a certain tension in our marriage at the moment since my wife has taken up golf because um, I, first of all, thought she was too old to take it up. I said, look, I've been trying for 50 years to, I've been been playing golf for 50 years and I still haven't had a hole in one Um, and you're trying to do this at the age of 64 but anyway she's taken it up for other reasons social reasons and so she's been getting um, lessons and so I took out to Ellerslie for a couple of times uh, with just the two of us to just to get her to hold the club and hit it and I was just doing basic things like making sure that the leading arm was straight you know when you took the club back and all this sort of stuff and and I said that's quite important I said because if you bend your arm which is easy enough to do you're going to Reduce the power. It's a bit like changing the clutch down and a driving your car. Yeah. So anyway, she's got this very good system where she's getting these seven lessons, and it's finished now at, at Tuturangi Golf Club uh, with a group of six other women, and it was a very good deal. It only cost her one hundred ninety nine dollars for seven uh, for seven lessons. And every time she comes home from a lesson, we have an argument. Brendan, you told me I had to have my leading arm was supposed to be straight, but uh, <laughs> duck, duck says Duck says I don't yeah. need to have. Doesn't yeah. have to be straight at all. Yeah. I can bend it. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with bending. <laughs> You left up oh, and, and so oh. I'm saying well I, I don't know darling you know and same with putting I'm telling her you know how to putt and she comes home and says no Doug says that's not how you putt at all mm. <laughs> mm. so um, mm. uh, we, I didn't realize it was going to be such a strain but um, so and, did you say that
1: was the divorce paper that you well, signed this morning well it's it
0: getting to that I'm about to take her out to JK's to get her and then the, and the final final damn thing he said to her when he finished I think about a week ago with the seventh lesson and said oh just one thing Jan that's my wife's name Jan he said do you know you play with men's clubs <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and I said oh my god my god um, and so um, he said no you need to get yourself um, some ladies clubs you need to be fitted that's right, the key word again Sean get fitted yes. so yeah. um, we're going to yeah. do it sometime yeah yeah, totally.
1: yeah. yeah. yeah especially if we're playing yeah. ping because they've got a really good system yeah. you know I think I've yeah. used it And mm. uh, anyway she's
0: yeah. she's going on the pension in three weeks so first pension check comes in we're going out to JK's to get some golf clubs very right. good mm-hmm. excellent <laughs> yeah.
2: well, you must get you, walk, you must be walking on thin ice, Brendan.
0: Yeah, I am. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, thankfully, so your yeah. girlfriends, so they enjoy that. It's, it's a nice thing, and I suppose it's happened, and it's happened to me and Tom as well, and probably it'll happen to you, Sean. Sure. As you get older in your 50s and 60s, um, uh, how I how I score is less important than the other virtues of golf, which I've ignored for most of my life, camaraderie, mm. exercise, sure. uh, relax yeah. relaxing. Yeah. Um, to me, up until yeah. a few years ago, I didn't really care what my mates were who I was playing with was scoring or they weren't scoring or whether playing good shots or bad shots. I didn't go to the golf course for friendship or camaraderie. I went there to be a better golfer than I was when I started. Uh, but now, now it's all changed. And and John Lister yeah, actually gave me some exactly. good advice. You know, I was talking to him not long ago and I'm saying, oh John, you know, I can't hit this and I can't hit that. And he said, don't keep a score. He said, the trouble with people as they get older playing golf, they, uh, they keep keeping, idea. he said, all you have to remember is a good shot. You'll hit Three or four good shots At least every time you play mm-hmm. Think of those That's what will bring you back yeah. Not looking at your scorecard And finding you've shot yeah. 95 And you're depressed With your game so- well, well
1: where are you at in that, uh, in that regard Sean where are you at In terms of Brendan's approach whoa. to the game
2: well, this could be Firstly, address that So, obviously With a handicap of 14 And you publicly stated That you had shot 81, 83, 84 Recently End of yep. summer Yep I, I suspect, Tom That your co-host Is not putting his cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no That's a very good point, Sean And we, we And we use I, I play with an English guy um, And he he's a Walking encyclopedia Of English golf And he's adamant That we should be Adopting the same attitude As they have in British golf clubs Where you only have to put your cards in. So he says when you play in competitive events. Exactly. If I'm going out with uh, you and, and Tom Hyde for a sure. round of golf in New Zealand, NZGA regulations, you have to put a card in. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah. you're not. You can't. Yeah, you just do. And and it's crazy. And um, I agree with this friend, colleague of mine who I play golf with, John, um, and uh, that it should only be that system. And he thinks some clubs England. Well, that's
2: even, now. That's changed now. They've taken up the worldwide uh, golf scoring system in in the UK
1: which which means you have to put a card in
2: you have to put a card in
0: every game you play Every every game you Mm play, yeah. Well, it's um, so. Well, my argument is also that I pay a subscription to this golf club. I must surely I should have some rights. I should determine when I want to put it. I don't want to cheat my handicap. I don't want to. um, Most people, I suppose, the the cheating around handicapping is, of course, you want to go out more so that you can reap the rewards when you play in tournaments and Mm proams and even club events. Mm Because if you're high handicap and most club events are determined by handicaps, yeah, for sure. But I'm not interested. On yeah. that, I just, I just like the idea. I suppose it's a competitive element. I like the idea of lowering my handicap, yeah. regardless of what so my age yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You'll be back in the UK for the Open Championship at Royal St George. Would you be likely going to that? Um, if, if it's possible. Oh, because uh, of the virus. Yeah. If, okay. In terms of COVID, most yeah, yeah.
2: definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Have you been to an Open so,
1: Championship before? While you've been there.
2: Uh no I haven't not, actually. Not yet, eh? Now you mention it, mm-hmm. um. So no, so that's that's on the bucket list to yeah, do. Good one, it's, very it's, good.
1: Yeah,
2: I must say that the TV coverage is so good these days, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, you
2: know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. the commentary, you know, five, they have five a radio station up there called Five Live, mm. which almost takes you inside the ropes. It's uh, it's so good,
1: um.
2: But yeah, I'd, I'd, I would I would enjoy that. But I suspect that even you know it's later in the summer, isn't it? Uh,
0: yeah, no, I take they, your point. They,
2: yeah. they may have crowds by then.
0: Mm. Well, I think, yeah, they will. By the way, they're, um, I just my son, who's a fanatic yeah. of, uh, of statistics, and he was telling me this morning, actually, that um, uh, in the last two days, the UK have had 10 and 26 deaths respectively, uh, which, which is, which yeah. is remarkable. They're, the infection rates are still quite high because of this um, <laughs> uh, infectious variant that's yeah. spreading around the world. But yeah. anyway, Sean, just before we finish, I suppose we should touch on a bit of rugby briefly. Um, you obviously still take more than part Interest in in rugby. I think you're involved in a couple of clubs up there. What do you make of the state of world rugby at the moment? It's um, potentially in a state of flux, isn't it? New Zealand is caught, as it were, in the downdraft here with this big $465 million deal that's been put on the table here, and there's uh, internal factions having their say here about the worth or the um, uh, downside of deals like this. But does rugby have to wake up and realise that the traditional game? even the pro- traditional professional game that we've had for the last 25 years has to change and change radically?
2: Yeah, I think so, Brendan. It's, it's sort of been accelerated with COVID, I think, in terms of more the professional game. But I think what has what is- been highlighted, and we're not sort of talking too much about it. Um, where we should be is the the grassroots, especially in New Zealand uh, and globally. To be honest, are really suffering, um, and the community-based games uh, areas that that we are we are losing too many you know young boys and girls to, to other sports. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't play other sports, but in terms of, of rugby, um, we need to do something drastically to to, to fix that. And and I ironically um, money is seen as a as a way to to invest in the future and um, you know the the private equity money that's coming into the game we' you know involved in clubs as you said in the UK and you know the premiership um, we have a, have a private equity from CBC uh, who were, who were involved in Formula One and did a, did a great job there so um, they're involved in that they're also involved in the Six Nations and the pro 14 and then down here, um, you know, Silver Lake uh, are to get involved with the All Blacks, which I, you know, I just, you know, I've had a good look at it, and I just can't see any other option which is better uh, than than Silver Lake investing, you know, four hundred and fifty million odd dollars into mm-hmm. into our game.
0: And furthermore, mm-hmm. you would think, if nothing else, if that sort of money is injected into the game in New Zealand, it must enhance the opportunities or the chances of our leading players staying longer in New Zealand before perhaps heading off offshore
2: yeah, and that's you know that's probably something that hasn't really been highlighted either you know the, the grassroots and the community based game and then the professional game um we want our best players here in new zealand and 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 doing that we can continue to be you know a a world force in in rugby with with the all blacks and the and the black fans and and the maori all blacks and the sevens and all those all those teams which um fly the flag for new zealand and you know but unfortunately um we need money to to keep those players you know, here in this part of the world, because you know, I know, I know the numbers they're playing up in uh, the northern hemisphere for for players, and then also in in Japan, which is a, a real market that you know is, is taking a number of our New Zealand players.
0: Mm. Good stuff, for uh, sure. We could continue, I'm sure. Yeah, well, thanks, <laughs> a Sean. Longer, but uh, all the best. Thank you, and feel free to to use in practice all of the tips we've given you about the <laughs> golf swing today. <laughs> Keep that leading arm nice and straight. Don't listen to my wife's yeah. pro um, and. Uh, uh, I hope you can get your handicap down to single figures again, Sean. I'm sure you will. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Tom. Good to hear you, guys. All the best, man. Sean Fitzpatrick. Swing uh... easy. <laughs> yeah, swing <laughs> easy. That's right. Nice and easy. Sean Fitzpatrick, our guest this uh, week on on the tee, and we'll be back in a fortnight's time with another golfing guest. In the meantime, we wish you all the best with your game. And once again, our thanks to our friends out there at JK's World of Golf and the Akarana Golf Club. Check them out online, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Yep.
2: You've been listening to On The Tee,
0: Gulf New Zealand podcast, hosted by Tom Hyde and Brendan Telfer, proudly presented by Podcasts New Zealand and Gorilla Voice Media. You can find us online at podcasts.nz.